0: Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. This is Holiday Hangover, Lesson 3. Pastor Graham did an incredible job, Lesson 1. Pastor Joe Jr. did an incredible job, Lesson 2. And I have the privilege of bringing to you Lesson 3. And we'll be talking about how to detox from this this problem that all of us have, it's, it's uh, amplified at the holidays, but we have to deal with it all the time. And I remember t- about 20 years ago, I did my first ever raw ju- juice fast. And a raw juice fast is when you buy your, your own juicer. <laughs> I had never done that before. And you juice fruits and vegetables at your house. And, and um, I, I went to see a holistic doctor, and he said, Joe, all your numbers are good, but you need to detox uh, you've got a lot of, you know, you're eating bad things. You need to get all those out of your system. And he talked me into doing a, a juice fast. He wanted me to do seven days of juice, raw juice, and seven days of raw vegetables. And again, I have never done anything like that in my life at the time. And so I, I had the first day, and I thought, this isn't terrible. I'm weak. I'm a little hungry, little headache. The second day, the headache went. It was the worst headache I've ever had in my life. And I'd had times in my life when I had gotten off caffeine, and I've had that caffeine Uh, detox headache, but this was times 10, and it felt like someone had a spike, and they put it in my eye, and they were pounding it in my eye. It was terrible, and all I could do that first or second day was I I laid under covers and and rolled up like a ball and just shivered. I had no energy. The third day, I was exactly like the second day. The fourth day, exactly like the second day. The fifth day, it got a little better, and uh, on the fifth day, I was able to, to get out of bed a little bit more, and I was just still weak. The headache had, had, had gone down a little bit. The sixth day got a little better. The seventh day was about like the sixth day. And finally, on that eighth day, um, an apple seemed like I was eating a piece of cake. And uh, I remember biting into an apple, it was amazing. And, and, uh, and then I just ate raw and that wasn't as bad, was still kind of weak. And I detoxed and, and uh, came through it okay. I really believe spiritual detox when you first do it can can be that tough for you. It can be that tough when you do some spiritual detoxing. And what I'm going to share with you today, for some of you it might seem tough at first, but I just want to encourage you, it gets easier and easier. Now I'm water fasting on Wednesdays and Saturdays in January. And the reason I'm doing it is to pray for all you guys and pray for our community and it doesn't even bother me now. So I've gotten to where I'm used to that type of thing because once you get used to it, it's easier and easier. And what I'm gonna teach you today, for some it will be tough, others you're already doing it, and I'm just gonna encourage you to take it to the next level. But here's what we wanna detox from. I, I call it caritis. And when you see the word itis, um, uh, whenever you see that word medically, it means inflammation. But when you see the word Uh, itis at the end of a word like care, it just means an excessive amount, just an excessive amount, and uh, cares, when you look at that word, it's used in the Bible, and we're going to read the scripture in a moment, Uh, I'm not referring to worry, it can have that side to it, the worry side, I'm not dealing with that side, Uh, the side of care I'm dealing with is just over-focusing on the things of of this life, the cares of this life, just over-focusing, And care has two two sisters, one is greed-itis, and one is lust-itis. We're not even gonna touch those today. Uh, But when I say care, I want you to understand, I'm not referring to bad things. There could be some bad cares, some bad focus we have, but the things of this world are not necessarily bad. They're just lifeless, and they don't produce any life. And you're gonna find out how important that is as we progress today. So I'm not telling you to change what you do on the holidays because this is called holiday hangover. Uh, we do have hangovers after the holiday. We do need to do some detoxing. But I want to encourage you to do all those things. Hang out with your family more and go do your Christmas shopping or whatever holiday it is. That's all fine. Uh, and, and those things as we walk through the year, uh, there are good natural things on this earth but if we focus on them too much, we develop caritas and we have to balance ourselves out, and I think all of us have to do that through, throughout the year. Jesus was teaching about how life from the Bible, life from his presence, how it can come inside of us and do incredible things. It has the ability to produce fruit, and fruit would just simply be you know, God's characteristics in our life, that's pretty cool, where we begin to act and live like God, that's fruit. And uh, he talked about uh, different kinds of soil, and he talked about thorny soil, and, and that's, that's where caritas comes from. Uh, let's read it. Mark 4 19. It reads like this And the cares of this world, caritas; and the deceitfulness of riches, greeditas; and the desire for other things, uh entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So this is all happening inside of us, in, in, in our souls. The Bible enters into our, our soul, and if we focus too much on the cares of this world, care it begins to choke out and there's not enough light in there to be strong enough to help us be and do what we need to do. So I, I wanna help us understand a principle. Again, many of you are walking in it. You've been in God a long time, but I know myself I have to keep making mental notes to continue to walk in it. And this is just something that's changed my life, understanding this principle. And it goes like this, good habits, Eliminate bad behavior. It just eliminates bad behavior. Now, bad behavior, guys, um, bad behavior is, is, can be referring to anything. It can be referring to fear dominating us, anger dominating us. It can refer to anxieties. It can refer to depression and oppression. Now, some people have depression and it's a medical problem. There's, there's a, an on, an, an, a chemical imbalance in their body, and I always send those people for professional help, but so many of us, we're depressed and oppressed just simply because of caritis. We're just focusing too much, and there's not any life inside of us, and, and bad behaviors could be any kind of sin. You name a sin, it could, could be any kind of sin, and so notice what eliminates it Good habits, and these would be spiritual habits. Uh, when when my kids were young, you guys heard me tell this story for other reasons. Uh, you heard me talk about our cat Tiger, and I had never liked cats, never had a cat. My daughter wanted a cat, and uh, so I found this Egyptian mao. And experts said it was the closest thing to a dog you'll find in a cat. So I went with the Egyptian mao, and and and, and so uh, this cat was incredible. We named him Tiger, and I loved him. I absolutely loved him, and and. Uh, he was really frisky, all the way up to five years old, he was like a kitten, and he would hide in a room, and my daughters, junior high age, they'd walk through the room, and he would attack them, and he'd bite their calf, and they would scream, and sometimes he made marks, you know, in their skin, and then he would run, and they would scream, and, and so, uh, I, I, would see him do that, and there were times when my kids would tell me, tell me, you're acting like tiger, because I, I would, uh, you know how as many of the dads in here would be the same. Just sometimes you want to just annoy your kids, um, you know, and tease them. And when they were young, I'd annoy and tease them. And, and I, I used to bite my girls' shoulders, you know, just playfully, and bite their shoulders. But they would scream, and, and, uh, and then mom would come in. And so Gina set a rule that any time I did that, uh, I had to give them a dollar. And uh, one day it cost me six bucks, and I thought, <laughs> I, I, I need to change this tease. And so... And so I went to putting my hand on their head, and they, they, they didn't, when their hair was fixed, they didn't like that. And, and I would just kind of stroke their hair. And Michelle, she, she, right away, I'd do it once, and she would hit my hand, and she'd knock it away, and she'd say, no habits, no habits, Dad. And, and, and any time I did it, no habits. And she would just smack my arm away. And, and uh, I, I got to thinking about that, and I think when it comes to bad habits, you and I have to be like Michelle was when I teased her. We have to say, no habits, no habits, and just push those bad habits away. So there's some bad habits you need to push away, and, and you know what they are, but you don't want to do that with good habits. Good habits, man, they are important, and it's necessary for you and I to develop these good habits in our life. And I want to show you why it's so important. Here, here's a scripture uh, that, that I absolutely love. Many of you know this. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and it reads like this. Now, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So this is Paul praying for uh, the Christians in Thessalonica, and the reason I use it is because it spells out the three parts of our being very clearly in one verse. And uh, I pray this way for you guys very often, I pray this way for Christians very often, because it's important that we pray for all three parts of our being. But here's what I want you to see. Before we meet Jesus, we're we're spiritually dead, the Bible says, which means we're sin-stained in our spirit. But when we accept Christ, our spirits are born again. And the Bible says this, we're, we're created in God's image and likeness. The Bible says your spirit is holy and blameless and without fault. There's no more work that needs to be done on your spirit. It's been born again. But then you have this thing called your soul, and nothing happens when you accept Jesus to your soul. That's why the Bible tells us to renew our minds with scripture, and it's in the soul that we have to have good habits that flood the soul with light, and here's why. Our bodies don't change when we accept Jesus, and our bodies have a sin nature in them. And so they're capable of doing anything we did before we met Jesus, and they can actually go to another level (laughs) after we meet Jesus if, if we allow them to. And I love what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. Incredible part of the Bible. I encourage you to read those three chapters this week. In chapter 7, he talks about the dilemma that every one of us Christians face. We face this dilemma as Christians. I didn't face it before I was a Christian because I had no guilt. I wasn't guilty for anything I did wrong. But once I accepted Christ, I began to deal with what Paul talks about in Romans 7. And in Romans 7, here's here's what he says. He says, the things I want to do, I end up not doing the things I don't want to do, I keep doing them, and then he says, in my spirit, he calls it the heart, he says, in my my heart, he says, I love the Bible, I love Jesus, but I keep messing up, and he says, I am in a trap, and he's talking about himself as a young Christian, and he says, who is going to deliver me from this mess, and then he goes on at the end of chapter 7, and he says, Jesus will. And, and then in Romans 8, that's, that's where he begins to teach us about good habits. In Romans 8, he says, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on and talks about the spirit of life sets us free from the law of sin and death. And the spirit of life is you and I putting life into our souls. It's you and I flooding ourselves with life by good habits. It's just a very simple thing, and he goes on and talks about that in chapter 8. So I want to help you understand it. This room, when we build it, in and of itself, it cannot illuminate itself. It has no light in and of itself. We had to add lights, and so if we didn't add lights to this room, here's what it would look like without, without lights. This room would look like this, and it would actually look worse than this because we have some safety lights on you know, in the room, but it, it would be it would be dark. This is how your soul looks if you don't have good habits going on, spiritual habits, flooding it with light. Guys, you can put the spot back on me. Now, just imagine how it was dark. Now, the darkness is not bad in and of itself. Uh, the Bible teaches us that darkness isn't bad. Darkness is simply the absence of life. Now, the Bible does teach us that in darkness, bad things happen. Thieves, thieves love darkness. They, they love to do things in the dark. So when your soul's dark, I'm not saying it's, it's sinful. Now, there could be some sinful things going on, thoughts, but uh, darkness just represents what happens when we're focused on the cares of this life. Not that they're bad, they just don't have any light, any life in them. So your soul will look like this without good habits. And in, in this atmosphere, fear can thrive. In this atmosphere, anger can thrive and In this atmosphere, depression and oppression can thrive. and In this atmosphere, sin can thrive. They can thrive. Now, let me ask you a question. If I were to give everyone in this room a bucket and we had the lobby lights off, all the lights in the lobby were off, and, and I gave you a bucket, and I asked everyone in this room, every one of you, start shoveling the darkness out. And how long would it take for us to shovel the darkness out of this room? We'd be halfway through eternity, so to speak, and this room would be exactly the same with darkness, why? Darkness isn't a substance. Darkness is the absence of light. And the only way to eliminate darkness, guys, turn this lights back on, is, is to, to, to flood your soul with light. Good habits flood us with light. Now in this atmosphere, it's a, it's a lot more difficult for bad things to happen. It's a lot more difficult because everything's exposed. And, and when you and I flood ourselves with life, it changes everything. This is a Bible principle. So imagine your soul being in this room and the whole reason you want to do good habits is so you flood it with life. And, and Paul talked about this battle. He said, he said, in my heart, I want to serve God, but with my mind, I want to serve evil. And then he says, but if I can flood myself with the spirit of life, then my soul begins to go with my real me, the spirit, and I'm able to walk free. Good habits eliminate bad behavior, because light eliminates darkness, eliminates bad behavior. Now, there's two scriptures that say this, spell it out perfectly, and the first scripture uh, is Romans chapter 13, verse 14, and it reads like this. Paul says, on the contrary, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for gratifying your earthly cravings. So your earthly cravings could be any bad uh, habit, Clothing yourself with Christ means to flood yourself, do good habits, flood the inside of yourself with life, and then notice what happens. You make no provision. Now, that doesn't mean you won't be tempted. You will always be tempted. But when you're flooding yourself with life, you have the ability to say no to temptation. You're stronger. Now, Galatians 5.16 says it this way. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and, and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Lust of the flesh, bad behaviors." Walking in the spirit, good habits. It could be all kinds of good habits. So I'm going to show you how to walk in the spirit. And I came up with two, two habits, two, two headlines. The first is the habit of devotions. And uh, over the years, I have had all kinds of men come, come to me. This is like over 31 years now. I've had men come up to me at different times. Some were dealing with, you know, anger issues, and some were dealing with anxieties, and, and, and some were dealing with depression. Some were dealing with different types of sin, and they'll come talk to me, and they'll say, I don't know how to be free. Uh, I, I keep trying, and it, it's just like I'm listening to Romans 7. They're saying, I don't want to do wrong, but I keep doing wrong, and I, I always take people to Romans 7 and say, you're in good company. Paul had the same. Paul was there once. It's, it's okay, but then I have to take them to Romans 8. And say, there's another chapter. It tells you how to, how to have the freedom that you want, and, and every time I would give every single one of them the same, same exact prescription. You know what the prescription was? The habit of devotions. And I have one other habit after this that I'll talk to you about. And I'd say this, and they'd look at me and say, are you, are you serious? I have a major problem here. And, and I'd say, well, no, 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 no. If you flood your soul with life, darkness flees, man. <laughs> you, you can overcome this, but if you don't flood yourself with life, there's no way to white knuckle it. You can't hold on and, and get over this with your own strength. You cannot do it in your own strength. And, and once I could get them to see it, every single one of them that, that began the devotions, every single one of them would tell me later, and it's always the same prescription, same devotions. Everyone would look at me and say, you've changed my life. And I said, no, I, I really didn't. I helped you work a principle. That's changing your life, and you'll always be, be different if you, if you remember this. But, you know, we live in a, in, in a, in a, in a nurse suit, a human body, and it's easy to slip in our good habits, isn't it? So don't feel bad if you've slipped. I encourage you after today, let's take it up a notch. Some of you are so new, you're saying, Ooh, this!" you mean this will fix it? I'm, I'm telling you, it will change your life. You can f- get rid of all kinds of negative things in your life. So, so, so let's take a look at the first one. And it's just simple Bible reading. That, that's pretty simple, guys. And, and many of you know this, but I want to encourage you in it. Colossians 3.16 tells us to fill ourselves with the Bible. Hebrews 4.12 lets us know this, that the Bible is alive. It's living. So, you know, all those good things of this earth, they're not alive. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll probably watch a football game today, you know, and, and uh, I'm rooting for Dallas today, although I'm a Browns fan. And uh, and yet I'm going to root for, D- for Dallas, and uh, uh, I'll root for the Broncos today. Uh, but I- I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's no life in that. It's okay to watch, but it doesn't, f- it's not alive. It-, it causes me more frustration than anything when I, especially a, being a Browns fan, um, y- you know, so I have to do extra devotionals uh, when, when, when being a Browns fan. You-, you need to do times two, whatever I say today, if you're a Browns fan. So, so, uh, so, Pittsburgh, you do half, but we have, to, we have to double, we have to double. It's tougher being a bronze fan. So, listen, what, what I'm about to talk to you about, I'm going to give you some examples. Uh, these are examples for Christian Joe, not Pastor Joe. Um, so, 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 this is, for me as a Christian, uh, it's, it's not Joe Pastor, it's Joe Christian. Because uh, Joe past- Pastor has to do a bunch more things in order to pastor. Be- because if you pastor, you have more life being taken out of you. So you have to flood yourself with more uh, whenever you're in leadership or pastoring. But this is just what I would do if I wasn't a pastor. This is just what Christians should do. Uh, we-, we just need to do this. And so I-, I read my Bible every day. That's something all of us should do. Just read your Bible. And you can come up with any plan you want. If it's intimidating and you're new... I mean, read through the Bible in five years. Wouldn't it be cool five years from now if you read through the whole Bible? I mean, pick, pick a plan that you can live in, read through the New Testament in a year, or whatever it is, and, and just begin to read the Scriptures. Why? They're alive. And you'll find out it, it will change your life if you get your nose in there every single day. And, and I want to encourage you not to replace Bible reading with listening to ministers. That's really good, but, but there's something precious about just reading some Scripture. And and then I'm going to give you something that changed my life, still changes my life. And every one of you in this room can do this. It's the most simple thing in the world, but it will flood you with more life. You'll be amazed at how much light shines into your soul. And here it is. It's real simple. You can do this on a digital device, phone, whatever, pads. Um, you, You can do this on paper. You can print it out. Find one scripture a week, just one scripture every week, one scripture a week. I would encourage you to get it out of a promise book or Google Bible promises and get it off your Google list that comes up and find something that's a promise. Take one scripture a week, just one a week. And when you wake up in the morning, read it several times. And then when you're getting ready, put your mind on it. Sometime halfway through the day, read that same scripture again. We're just talking about one scripture. And then before you go to bed at night, how cool would this be? Read the scripture a couple times, lay your head on your pillow, and go to sleep thinking about that scripture. That will cause the light and the life in that scripture to go deep inside you. And in one week, you would probably memorize that scripture without even trying to do it. And, and then, and then uh, think about 52 weeks. In one year, you'll have 52 scriptures that you kind of can almost recall any of them just like that. And uh, it, it just it would just flood you with life. Why, why do we read the Bible? Because it's, it, it's where life is. It's where we discover the wonders of our our God. and And then the next one uh, would just be uh, worship and, and, and worship is amazing. and I'm talking about worshiping in your ho- your house and this is Joe Christian, not Joe Pastor. I, I think all of us should develop some worship habits at home and and if you don't understand worship you, it will seem really tough, but, but remember, it gets easier and easier, like the detox things get become easier and easier. Um, but when I say worship, you know, I'm referring to what Psalm 22 and verse 3 declares, which is when we worship, God's presence enters into our hearts and into our lives. It brings the presence of God. So here's what I do in the mornings. Uh, after I wake up, because I'm older, there's one thing I have to do first. And, and, and then <laughs> after that, after that, i worship god i i I usually have two songs that i'll do and uh i pick favorite songs and i'll sit down and i'll just worship god just out of my heart i I imagine i'm right before the throne and i just sing a song to him and and i don't think anyone in here would say i'm a girly man i'm I'm manly i'm probably not the toughest guy in here but i'm still manly and and uh i just worship god from my heart and then the second song's there so i can just sit there after i worship him and just allow Him uh, to begin to speak to my heart and minister to me. And there's sometimes when I don't hear anything; it's just presence of God is there. Sometimes He'll speak to my heart, and then I and then I'll talk about the next one. Then I just pray. Now listen very carefully, guys. If you develop that habit, like you don't have to do it on Sunday because you're coming to church, you know, but but if you try to do it every day of your life, it, it takes about ten minutes. It will change everything. Now, Joe, pastor. I spent hours worshiping yesterday and praying before church because I'm praying my heart out for you. That Joe Pastor does more. Okay, you understand that. But Joe Christian, he worships in the morning like every Christian should. And and I'm telling you, if you're sitting here saying, I don't have time, you know you're lying because we we can make time for anything we want to do, right? Right? We can make time. And, And once you experience God's life, Whew, it changes everything. Now, let me give you another secret. This is Joe, Joe Pastor secret, okay, or Joe, Joe, Joe Christian secret. Um, it's, I just play worship music as often as I can. That's all. I play it in my car when I'm driving, and I play it as often as I can uh, because it floods me with life through the day. And that's how you just feel. That's a good habit that eliminates bad behaviors. It floods you with, with life. And then the third one is prayer and Prayer, man, is, the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, and uh, prayer is so, so powerful. And after I worship, and then I sit there through a second song, and again, that's Joe Christian. I think every Christian was created to be in the presence of God. We were created to hang out with God. And, and uh, so why, why not take advantage of what he died for? And so as Joe Christian, uh, I, I, I will just then, after that, just pray. And oftentimes, I'll I'll talk to people in the lobbies on weekends and they'll tell me, pray for me this week. And I'll I'll, I'll actually jot it down when I get to my office and I'll pray for them. And I pray for you guys corporately all the time. And and I just begin to pray for a little bit. That's Joe Christian. And it doesn't take long. Uh, You know, you could have 15 to 20 minutes and and that could be really simple. And and you just do those simple things and it floods you with life. Sometimes I miss the morning so I find a time during the day or at night to do it. I encourage mornings and, and some of you are, um, you know, you say I'm a night person. And so, well, do it at night if you're a night person. I'm a night person, I still go to bed at midnight and get up at six. Uh, when you're older, you don't need as much sleep. So I, I just wake up at six and, and start my day. And, and uh, uh, so whether you're night or day, you, you can do this. And these are incredible habits. So now I wanna talk to you about another habit. And, and many of you are in this, so my, my heart is to have you help other people. I call it the habit of church. And, and uh, church is necessary. Now, it's for many reasons. Uh, if we need to be hooked up to a family, we need to serve. But I'm going to just talk about some spiritual reasons. Um, Hebrews 10.23 says this. Let us hold on swervingly to the hope we profess for who, uh, he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, the word spur here is really a cool word. Here's a cowboy boot, and it has a spur on it. And we know what cowboys do, right? Man, they, they dig that into the horse's uh, backside, and it goes faster. And, and uh, you know the word spur in our scripture? It means to provoke. And you know God's telling you to spur people on, so I, I, I'll. I, I try to provoke people, you know, in a good way to to go further with God, but you know God's telling you to provoke other Christians to good works, and and he's telling you provoke people to go to church, and did you notice what he said? He said, even more as the end times come, the last days, and I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but I do know this, the world's becoming crazier. Can we all agree on that? And if you turn the news on, I mean, this past week was crazy. What happened in Paris is crazy. And it's becoming crazier. Well, Jesus said that would happen in the end. So uh, you and I can trust in him and, and put our hope in him to protect us. But the world's unraveling. And, and so church is even more important now because the world's unraveling. And so you guys are church people, people you know that are Christians, you know, they'll tell you, oh, I'm, I'm serving God okay without church. You know what? I, I ran into this guy a couple years ago and I thought he left Believers, and I saw him, and he said, Pastor Joe, he goes, I'm so glad to see you. He says, I haven't been in church in seven years. And he, I said, do you come to Believers? He goes, I consider Believers my church. I said, how did you miss seven years? And uh, <laughs> here's what he told me. He said, he said, my kids got into sports, and, and I couldn't come on Sundays. And, and then he said, after about missing six weeks, he said, it just was easier to, to stay in bed. He said, and, and he said, now it's gone to seven years. And, uh, and he said, I need you to pray for me that I, I get back to church. So I said, I'm gonna pray for you right here. And I did. And, and uh, he started coming to church and his life began to change. And you might ask me, why is church important? And, 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 and I would tell you for so many reasons, but I am gonna tell you the spiritual reasons. And you know what else he told me, by the way? He said, you know, people ask me, are you, how are you doing spiritually? He says, I tell everybody I'm doing fine. He goes, but he says, I'm so far from God. And I said, well, you can't stay close to God as a Christian if you don't go to church. Uh, you, you need church. And, and here's why just two simple reasons. You ready? Uh, they're, they're very simple. The first is corporate worship. And uh, we talked about personal worship. And, and corporate worship is really important uh, because it's personal worship times 10. It's, it's just an amazing thing. When all of us worship God together, you know, He inhabits our praises, our worship he comes stronger and in worship god's able to engage us in corporate worship it floods us with life now i want to say it's not enough flooding to make it to next weekend that's why you have your your the habit of devotions but it will it will give you an incredible uh boast of life and flood you with life and it's in that time that god speaks to you and and god changes our hearts and floods us and some of you in here have never experienced true worship. So I just want to say a couple encouraging things to you. When I was a new Christian, I didn't understand how to worship God. And I just stared around. I was single, hadn't met Jeannie yet. I just looked to see what pretty girls were in church um, at first. And, and, then, and then, you know, and then what everybody was wearing and things like that. And, and uh, so I just, I gawked. I was a, a worship gawker. And uh, see what the band's doing, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And, and then one day I learned, I, I learned how to worship. It took me a while, and I learned it. Uh, for me, I have to shut my eyes when I'm worshiping. I pray song, a fast song, keep my eyes open. But when I worship, I close my eyes because I'm just distracted by everything I see. And, and um, maybe you are not as distractible as I am, but I'm very distractible, and I'm, I'm OCD. And, and uh, so I have to close my eyes, and, and, and I just imagine I'm standing right in front of Jesus, And then this is all I do. There's nothing hard about it. I I sing from here. I just worship him with my heart. And I just sing my heart out. And just sing from the inner being. And it's amazing what happens. So um, can I give you a word of encouragement and and exhortation? You know, we offer free coffee and tea here. I think it's a wonderful hospitality thing. We encourage you to bring it in. But I want to encourage you during worship to set it down somewhere, wherever you feel is safe. Uh, and set it down, and I want to encourage you to engage during worship. Just engage. You'll see me drink. For 32 years, I brought in a hot drink. It's always tea. Uh, I drink green decaffeinated tea all the time in church, and then I drink coffee at other times. The reason I bring it in is because when I sing, my throat becomes dry, and and I have to drink it before I come up here to talk, so you'll see me taking sips only because my throat's too dry to talk, but if I'm not talking, I won't even take a sip. I'll just wor- During that time, I just worship my heart out. I- it will change your life if you worship like that. And here's what's important. You ready? God created you to be in his presence. He created you to be a worshiper. He created you to commune with him. And the way we commune with God is through worship. For many of you, you know that, but I want to encourage you to, if you slip, take it, take it higher. And, and, and for some of you, it's new. changes everything. And then here's the, the last one. Uh, It's it's the corporate teaching. Corporate teaching is so important. And I encourage everybody that comes to church here, listen to as many podcasts, preachers on podcasts. Listen to TV preachers. That's all wonderful. Pig out on the Bible and people teaching it. But there's something about being in a corporate teaching in your church where where God will change your life. And I believe if if I were to ask people today, uh, lives were changed today. Something happens when you're live and in this setting, it's just something about the live setting under a shepherd, something changes, something happens. And, and, and I'm a pretty good provoker too. I'm a, I'm a nice provoker. i provoke with a smile, but, but I will provoke in a good way. I'm gonna encourage you to go further. And that's why I'd say, and if you could just remember this principle, good habits eliminate bad behavior. That, that's why church is so important. It floods you with life. And not to mention all the other important parts of serving and becoming part of the body. It's part of your discipleship growth. But just for this reason alone, it's life-changing. And it changes everything. So I trust I made a point. I trust that you guys learned something today. And many of you just exhorted you to go further. Can we close out by praying? Let's just close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, thank you for making this simple. Thank you for making Christianity easy. And Lord, as we, right now, we're in an attitude of prayer. Uh, I'm sure you spoke to many of us while I taught. And and Lord, right now, we we just make some commitments to you to develop some good habits. And Lord, many of us have already done that at the first of the year, but uh, we want to recommit if we have. And Lord, we just want to tell you, we're going to begin to do these good habits, the habit of devotion, the habit of church, and and take them to a higher level in each of our lives. And Lord, for some people, they're like I was. It's like I couldn't even comprehend what people talked about when they talked about worship and worshiping you. And it it took me a while to get it. And Lord, if anybody's in here like I was, uh, just let this be the day and the week where they get it. Help them to see the power of it, Lord God. And, And Lord, we love you. We thank you that we can detox from the cares of this life and care doesn't have to control any, any of us, Lord. We thank you for that. Can, can we stay in an attitude of prayer? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you're not sure of your eternity, I want to speak to you just for a moment. We talk about Jesus a lot. You can't help but talk about him in every lesson. You know, and today I talked about when we accept Him, he, he He causes us to be born again. The real us is created in His image. He washes our sins away. He's awesome. And that's why He died. He died so you can live. He died for you. And and Jesus, Jesus is calling people. He's calling people at a greater level now than He ever has on the earth. And 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 I'm trusting He's calling you today. If you're not a Christian, to, to accept Him to receive him as your savior because he, he wants to change your life. He, he wants to change you forever. So he said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. He said, if, 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 if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that I'm Lord, I'll, I'll wash all your sins away, I'll recreate you on the inside. And if you're here and you can't remember a time or a day in your life where you accepted Christ, why not today? Now listen very carefully. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized. I'm not asking you if you go to church. Here's what I'm asking you. Those are all important things. I'm asking you, can you remember a day in your life where from your heart you said, Jesus, I'm making a decision today to follow you, and and, and you pray and accept him as your Savior. If you can't remember that day in your life and you say, Pastor Joe, I believe, I'm ready today. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help us pray? And simply say this after me. Uh, Say, Lord Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And today, I give you my heart. I believe. And I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast.